0: Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Sikari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Sikari.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Frank Zakari, and you are listening to Life-Altering Events. The entire world is experiencing a life-altering event at the same time. COVID-19, the coronavirus, is changing just about everything we do personally, professionally, socially, and spiritually. As we make our way out of this worldwide crisis, we're going to find out who's going to thrive and who's going to flounder we're all hoping that things will just go back to normal. Well, that's not gonna happen. We're gonna have to find a new normal, particularly as it applies to our health. Our healthcare providers and first responders have gone above and beyond the call of duty. They are working under the most difficult situations without adequate supplies to treat this virus and save lives. But what can we do to improve our own health, to fortify our own immune system, and give our bodies the best opportunity to resist or to minimize the effect of illness. Now, ladies and gentlemen, how has this virus altered your life? How are you determining and finding your new normal? If this crisis has given you a life-altering event that could inspire others, Visit the life-altering event page at voiceamerica.com, click on email to host, and tell me about it. Tell me about this event that so drastically changed your life, how you addressed it, the impact it's had, and where you are now. We will review it for content, and if it fits, we'll contact you about adding it in, this, in a future broadcast. Now, today we're going to talk about taking control of your health care. Now, the health care system in the United States is broken. This is from Dr. Andrew Weil. He said, it's the kindest thing I can say about the system. I don't think we have a healthcare system in America. What we have is a disease management system. As again, Dr. Andrew Weil. The, tri- the traditional model for Western medicine is diagnose, treat, not cure. Treatment, which is, pre- is to prescribe medicine or drugs or surgery. Now, the United States makes up 5% of the population. We consume 80% of the prescription drugs. Now, well, something's wrong with this picture, ladies and gentlemen. Why do world-class athletes go overseas to address and, re- and rehabilitate injuries? Why are prescription me- prescriptions and medical procedures far less expensive in other countries? Why do so many countries use an integrative approach, a combination of Eastern and Western medicine? What is integrative medicine? Our personal health care is at a crossroads. Are you going to make the necessary lifestyle changes in your diet, exercise, rest, vitamins, or supplements? Do you even know where to start? Now, I became interested in integrative medicine watching my brother Steve's health care treatment after, became paralyzed, after he became paralyzed in a car accident 34 years ago. For many years the treatment was a combination of drugs, and then they would test him to see what impact that all these combinations of drugs was having. Then he'd have an issue with his kidney. So they changed the combination of the drugs. And then they test again. And then they found, well, this one's affecting his liver. All right? Over these years, we could see his body continually starting to break down. He was getting more and more ill. Finally, a few years ago, he met a doctor who agreed. To take an approach of natural substances, changes in his diet, acupuncture, medication, hypnosis, along with, all this, along with the medication that they were giving him. The results have been remarkable. He's healthier than he's been in years. He's more at peace. He has a better understanding of his body and its reactions. And now his medical appointments are collaborative conversations. Not just the doctor writing a prescription for another drug. In my research with my brother, the term that I repeatedly came up with was integrative medicine. So rather than listen to me, I contacted Dr. Bonnie McLean, my guest today, who's an expert in the area of integrated medicine. Dr. McLean spent 20 years as a registered nurse. She became disenchanted working in a system where patients had little to no voice in their own health care. She left nursing and began a 35-year career as a natural healing practitioner. She studied the science between natural treatments that are gaining popularity in the West, such as quantum energy medicine and acupuncture. The integration of the two worlds, of the two methods, may well be the future for effective and affordable healthcare. Now, Dr. McLean is a popular writer. She's an author and a speaker, and she is the author of the book Integrative Medicine The Return of the Soul to Healthcare. Now, if you haven't read this book, get it. Order it today. Dr. McLean, welcome to Life-Altering Events.
2: Thank you, Frank. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very impressed with your program.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dr. McLean, you were a very successful registered nurse for 25 years. What was the life-altering event that inspired you to leave that field?
2: There were several things that happened, actually, not just one. I started burning out. And it started, my burnout was emotional and it was physical. I was just, I was getting irritable. I wasn't, um, I, I think I kind of moved out of my own ability to be a healer in the healthcare system, which I had gone into nursing to do. And I also started getting my own illnesses. I came down with chronic fatigue and, This was back in the 70s. I was out in California. And in order to address my own health, I started going to these seminars out there called Holistic Health Seminars down in San Diego. And that introduced me to holistic medicine, where we work on the body, mind, and spirit in a natural way. And so I started learning about diet and about exercise and about meditation and, you know, how to heal myself, and I did. I turned everything around just by, you know, what I was learning, the people I was learning from, and so I started moving out of, you know, preparing myself, moving out of nursing and... First, I was going to be a counselor, I thought. So I went back to school, got a master's in counseling. And then I fell in love with an acupuncturist, actually, who introduced me to acupuncture. And so I went back to school again for another five years and ended up getting my doctorate in Chinese medicine. But there were a couple things in the when I was still nursing that really let me know I needed to make a change, not just my own health. But I saw that I had, like I said, I'd kind of gotten hardened, and I didn't realize it. I was working in intensive care, and we had a woman that had gone to surgery, and she was in intensive care afterwards, and apparently she started bleeding again, and they were going to send her back into surgery. Well, you're not supposed to let them eat or drink. It's called NPO, nothing by mouth, and there was a sign there, and... We were letting her husband come in after hours, which we did in intensive care, and especially since she was going to surgery. And I caught him giving her water, and I chewed him out. And I said, you're not, not supposed to be giving her any water. It's not good for her, and you're going to have to leave now. And I made him leave, and the last thing he said when he walked out was, she's my wife, you know. Well, the woman died on the operating table and that just never left me, you know, because I kicked him out and didn't let him have his last moments with her because I was so busy being, you know, a good ICU nurse. So that was one of the factors that made me realize that I had lost my own compassion. And mm-hmm. I started seeing patients as kind of like an extension of the equipment that was keeping them alive. So that was part of it and then I also had a patient on the floor who um, she was an older woman she asked not to be taken out of the bed and put in a wheelchair and stuck out in the hall all day which was what we were directed to do and she was totally rational she said look I just want to be left alone all my loved ones are on the other side I am not afraid of dying I just need some peace and I said okay So I wrote down on my notes, you know, that she refused to get out of bed. Well, the next day I was on another part of the ward and a doctor showed up and he said, were you taking care of Mrs. So-and-so? And I said, yes. Why? And he said, because you wanted her to die. And I said, I beg your pardon. And he said, I just wanted to let you know that she has been discharged and she's going home. But, you know, I don't like what you did with her. Well, and this was in front of other patients and families and everything. So then um, a week later, she was readmitted into the emergency room. She was put in ICU. She was put on life support, and she died. And I just realized that somehow our values, you know, are being so focused on keeping people alive no matter what rather than looking at the quality of their life or or allowing them to die if they really you know, had their rational faculties like she did. When she came back in, she didn't have them. Apparently, she was all confused. So those were the three things that moved me in a whole different direction, and I'm so grateful because now I get to do with my patients what I went into nursing to do, which was to do hands-on healing, which was to be able to listen to them, get to know them, get to know their families, you know, and spend that kind of quality time with them.
1: Dr. McLean, in the foreword of your book, Integrative Medicine, the question was asked to potential healthcare providers, do you, pr- do you primarily want to be known as a doctor or a healer? Please explain the difference to our listeners.
2: That's kind of an interesting, that's an interesting choice to have to make, and I don't know if I can actually make that, because the traditional word for doctor came from doctore, which means teacher. And to me, teaching is important because that's what empowers the patient. So, And then healing is using our touch. I think touch is a major part of healing. And also our compassion and, and being able to listen to our patients. But I think it depends on the stage where they are too as to which one is important because we do want to educate them if they're open to that so that they can, you know, like I said, be empowered with, with their own health and participate in their own healing process and being able to stay healthy. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Very much, very much so. Thank you. The, um, you wrote that the best of both worlds, the science of medicine, medical technology, and the art of healing, contemporary knowledge, and ancient wisdom. Okay, is that what integrative medicine is?
2: Yes it is to me it's the best of both worlds of the natural medicine and the allopathic medicine it's not to me it's not having to make a choice between one or the other which you know some, sometimes it seems like people think that they have to do that but it's to me it's not either or it's both and but it's a matter of knowing when to use what to me the natural medicine is the most effective when, it, when we're working on prevention. If you think about it, we're given very little uh, in our Western medicine model of prevention, preventive medicine. I love Dr. Weil because he does get into that. And we have some other doctors that are online, like Dr. McCullough, that empower people with their own health and give them that information Also, with the chronic diseases, I really think that a lot of those chronic diseases are lifestyle diseases. I actually think that uh, viruses are lifestyle diseases, too, and I really think that that's part of what's going on with us with this COVID because the people that are not doing well with it are people with um, pre-existing conditions like the diabetes, like uh, heart conditions, and A lot of those, you know, and the obesity, um, a lot of those could have been lessened or even prevented if people had really paid attention to their lifestyle. But we're so addicted to, you know, the fast foods, the foods with, you know, with the sugar and the way we live our lives with our foot on the accelerator Where we don't give our bodies enough rest, you know, um, we're we're so addicted to the quick fix and waiting till the symptoms happen, and then you know, going to the doctor and expecting him to give us a magic bullet. So, I think that those two areas—the the the, uh, the prevention but also the chronic diseases and then if the person has been ill, their recovery process, because that's extremely important, to be able to get ourselves back on our feet so we don't relapse or so we don't recreate, you know, the same kind of problem. So we that we learn, you know, from our illness. And when it comes to life threatening illnesses or injuries, I think Western medicine is top of the line. You know, you think about the amazing things that Western medicine can do when it comes to surgeries, procedures, diagnostic tools, you know, the lab work, all of those kinds of things. And China actually, believe it or not, they have been practicing that kind of medicine for since the 1930s, I think, because for a while they embraced, uh, Chiang Kai-shek embraced Western medicine. He outlawed acupuncture and Chinese medicine, actually brought Western doctors into China. They introduced it and sent Chinese doctors over here. And so they have incorporated Western medicine in their Chinese medicine ever since. Shanghai Shek brought back the Chinese medicine, not because he really believed in it that much himself, but he was bringing back the traditions, the traditions of Chinese culture, and that included the Chinese medicine. But if you go to any of their larger institutions over there, they have a hospital with two wings, one is Western and one is TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. So if come, somebody comes in and they have a chronic disease, uh, they'll send them over, or if it's not life-threatening, they'll send them to the Chinese medicine, or if they, they can request that too. Or if they come in with something that needs surgery, you know, medication, Uh, Procedures or any of those things, and they send them to the Western, and then after they've gone to the Western, then they send them back to the Chinese. Excellent, Dr. McLean. Hold
1: that thought. Hold that thought. We have to go to a break. Okay, okay? we have to go to a break. We'll be right back with Dr. Bonnie McLean. Do not miss this next segment, ladies and gentlemen.
0: what makes the most
1: successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event. At life-altering events radio at gmail.com or call 916 718 5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at FrankZakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zaccari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 1-888- 888 346 9141, or you can send an email to lifealtering events radio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are having just a fabulous conversation with Dr. Bonnie McLean, who is an expert in the area of integrative medicine. Now, just before the break, Dr. McLean was telling us about the movement that had occurred in China where they have incorporated both the Eastern. And the Western style of medicine. So, Dr. McLean, continue on with that thought.
2: Oh, thank you, Frank. I find it—I just find it very interesting. uh, Being a Chinese medicine practitioner, I've been watching this for months now. um, They—they're treating this COVID with Western and Chinese medicine, and we don't hear much about that. I, you know, I know that there's a quite a bit of uh, mixed emotions around China at the moment. So we're not hearing some of the things, but they have been dealing with pandemics for 2,000 years. So they really do have a lot more information and knowledge about that than probably any of the rest of the world. And the way they're working with the COVID is pretty much what I was explaining. They try to do the prevention in the beginning Although I have to admit, a lot of China, at least the young, younger people, are not so into the acupuncture and Chinese herbs as the older generations are. But they are trying to they they were trying to do the the preventive and you know working on the mild stages. You know, there are several stages to the COVID. There's the the prevention, of course, and then and a lot of people are asymptomatic, so we don't know. So it's No matter what we do, building our immune systems are going to be the most important thing we can do because either we can fight it off or, say, somebody gets it. Whoever has a stronger immune system is going to be able to fight it off still and keep it from sinking down into the more advanced stages, which is down into the lungs and the pneumonia. So... What they're doing over there, and, and we are in some places in this country, too, they actually are doing some vitamin C IVs, and we are experiment, experimenting with some of that here. They're also using this thing called uh, convalescent plasma, where they're injecting plasma of people that have already had had it into people that either they want to prevent it or they, they're in the early stages, and they, they're getting the antibodies Hoping that that will help them, you know, fight this off. And believe it or not, they're using some of the uh, medications that uh, doc- that uh, President Trump was talking about—the anti-malarial one. That um, what was the name of that? The chloro. I
1: don't think anybody can pronounce it.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, the chloro chloroquine or. C H L O R O Q U I N E. And then there's also an anti and um, that's anti malarial, but the reason they're finding that it seems to be effective is it's assisting zinc. If they use it in combination with zinc, zinc will protect the cell from having the virus invade it and it also builds the immune system. So that's what this a large part of what this particular anti malarial drug does is it works with the zinc. Then there's also the antiviral one um, and I'm drawing a blank on that one too. It's another, it starts with an R. But anyway, it's, um, they're finding that that particular one, I think they're even more excited about that and the, there are side effects to both of them so you know, that needs to be taken into account too. So then, say if somebody, sinks deeper into the illness and they end up having to go, uh, you know, into the hospital, that's when they shift them into the Western medicine. And they're already doing that with those, you know, with those uh, vaccines too. So, but then they will put put them on the ventilator. They will give them the oxygen. They will give them the anti-inflammatories because there's a lot of, that's a lot of the problem once they get this uh, pneumonia is that the mm-hmm. body, this particular virus, initially doesn't recognize it because it's new, right? So by the time it recognizes it, then it goes into overdrive, trying to fight it off, and it's that inflammatory response that is creating a lot of that pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And then then when they move into the recovery phase and they move back, you know, the Chinese move back into more of the natural approaches.
1: That's very interesting. that so they they are bringing both into the, into, wow. uh, into play here. You also talk a lot about um, touching in, in the healing process. I was, a, I was a medic in the Air Force during the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the doctors and, and, and the, the nurses and the medics in particular directly interacted and touched the patients, physically touched the patients. How important is this touching in, the, in either the healing or the preventative process?
2: Well, to me, that is... To me, that's the soul of medicine, the healing aspect of it, and part of the healing is the touching. Part of it is, like I said, the listening and having compassion, which is what you experienced as a medic, and touching is kind of like the physical way of showing. Sometimes, when, especially when words are just not enough, especially in, if somebody's in a lot of pain or they're going through a lot of grief, sometimes just that touch is better you know, than trying to communicate verbally with the patient. So when I'm talking about the return of the soul to health care, I do believe that we are kind of on the cusp of returning back into that way of working with patients. It's not just the patients. I think it's the doctors and the nurses and the medics and all of the people that are doing the patient care that are also suffering from the profit motive that's underneath our medicine now, which limits a doctor to, what, seven minutes or something per patient. You know, the insurance companies, you know, they won't pay unless the physician and the nurse practitioner and the medic, the um, physician's assistant, go with their rules right and they have specific rules we didn't have that 20 years ago that the health practitioners were able to do things the way they felt their training and their integrity wanted them to do it and they're burned out as much as we are as patients Mm -hmm. i think it's happening on all sides uh-huh let's
1: let's stay in that topic for for just a second um I've heard, I was in the insurance world for a period of time, and I have heard for years that the insurance companies, not the doctors, are deciding individual health care programs. So, elaborate more on that. I want your opinion, and, and, uh, and what options does a patient have about their own health care?
2: That's true. They, they don't seem to be given much option. Uh, much they're, they're not being empowered with their own health care, and neither are do- the doctors, anymore. It's all in the hands of the insurance companies. And I have to say the pharmaceutical companies are very active in all of this. Now, pharmacists are part of the rounds when the doctors make the rounds in the hospital so they can tell the doctors what medications to give the patients. So we're still kind of in a fix-it mentality rather than Prevention, empowering the patient, working as a team. And to me, the patient should be the conductor in the orchestra. The patient should be the one standing in front of all of his choices, his or her choices, and being able to point to the horn section when they feel like they need their GP or point to another section if they feel like they need a specialist and be able to tell their GP that or point to another one if they feel like they need acupuncture, if they need to, you know, see somebody like me for chronic pain or for stress, or, um, you know, chiropractors or massage therapists or the uh, nutritionist or the functional medicine practitioner. There's so many of us that are part of a team, but the way our system is set up right now is that we're still considered fringe people, people in my profession. In fact, like even right now, I'm not allowed to practice acupuncture because it's not considered an essential medicine in the state of Florida. And only essential medicine practitioners are able to have their offices open and be able to see patients. Well, a lot of my patients are so stressed, and that's one of the things I really like to work on. That's one of my fortes is the stress and the trauma, and then also the chronic pain. Just because we're you know in a crisis right now doesn't mean that our patients don't have the chronic pain. I work with a lot of veterans, and I love the veterans. And to me, they are our role models right now of how we can all deal with this trauma that we're going through, because they know it. They've been through it, especially our disabled veterans. They've lived with this kind of shock that we're all dealing with right now as a, not only a country but a world.
1: One exposure that uh, that I had with the, with this insurance issue when my brother was paralyzed, they initially said he had roughly five years to live. Okay, and it's been mm-hmm. thirty four years later. Mm-hmm. Um, at the rehabilitation hospital in Denver, and the insurance company came to visit him. He lived in Phoenix. My sister, who runs rehabilitation hospitals, is next door, and the two of them went to Denver to Craig Hospital, and mm-hmm. they did a big workup on him, and the interesting thing was the result of it was uh, total patient care, not just physical. And I've heard you talk about this a great deal—that it has to be the physical, obviously, but then it's the mm-hmm. spiritual, the mental, mm-hmm. the emotional—all mm-hmm. all came into part. And this beautiful report was written, and it went nowhere. So. Mm-mm. Touch on that, touch on the, the, the effective health care that you have to treat all those areas and why?
2: Well, absolutely. I really think that that's the only way a person's going to truly heal inside and out. Healing is not fixing symptoms. And as I said, our medical system, I think, is really archaic now because we're not treating the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Even back when I was nursing, hospitals were built by a lot of uh, churches, either groups of doctors that were working together and they wanted the best for their patient, and/or the churches. And we had, uh, you know, uh, nuns and priests and, you know, pastors going around, you know, working at least on the physical. I mean, the, the spiritual aspect of the patient. And then the nurses were able to spend more time, you know, working on the emotional aspect. And none of that is there anymore. It's like in and out. It's kind of like our drive-through through restaurants now. You know, <laughs> you, you drive through the hospital and you just get your particular symptom fixed and then you're let go. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, people like... Like the natural practitioners, patients have to choose that themselves and then, you know, usually pay for it themselves. In some instances, insurance is slowly coming on board, but in a lot of instances, it's still out of the patient's pocket.
1: That said, uh, the patient is not put in the center of the conversation anymore, any further. Now, mm-hmm. that's that seems to be, at least from the physicians that I've, I've spoken to and naturopathics that I've spoken to, that, that seems to be starting to change. that You you did mention that. Mm-hmm. How do you see improving so mm-hmm. far?
2: I do. Uh, I've been in the field over 50 years, and I have seen changes. Slower than I would like to see, but I am seeing them. There are actually integrative medicine centers in all over the country, We have one at Duke, we have one at Scripps, we have one at UCLA. with Cleveland Clinic is probably the best known right now. University of Miami, you know, uh, Mayo Clinic. There's so many. Plus, if you look in the community, there are groups like where I work that work. We do the integrative medicine, even though it's not under the same roof, like I work with two chiropractors and two massage therapists. Everybody in that office has been trained as a healer. So even the women in the front office also have had uh, training as in, in something that's called pranic healing, which is a no-touch energy healing form. So we all work together as a team. We uh, you know, work sometimes on the same patient or we refer back and forth. We really, truly want a holistic approach, and the best for the patient, and I love it. I love being in that environment. And we also have a huge referral list of physicians, other chiropractors, other acupuncturists. If there's somebody else in the community that might be able to serve our patients' needs better, we refer, and they refer back to us. So it's a loose net integrative medicine system, but it is there, and Sometimes, and I think it's even there in the smallest communities now, if patients just look, if they ask, a lot of it goes, you know, word of mouth, and some of it's trial and error. But I really believe it's growing just in the last, I would say, the last 10 years especially. And, you know, I can see it in my hometown, which wasn't like that when I first moved back 20 years ago. It's mm-hmm. really opening up. I do get referrals from physicians now, and psychologists and psychiatrists.
1: That's excellent. Hold that thought. Again, we're going to take one more okay. break, and we're going to come <laughs> back, and we're going to step back and uh, and go back into allopathic medicine and what that is, ladies and gentlemen. This is a fascinating conversation with Dr. Bonnie McLean. Don't miss this last segment. It'll be the best one yet.
0: live up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel book frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event frank is a dynamic entertaining and fascinating storyteller your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately email frank today to secure him for your next event at life altering events radio at gmail.com or call 916-718-718 5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zaccari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to Radio at gmail.com. Now, Back to the show.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is our third in with Dr. Bon McClain. And if you missed the first two, you can pick them up on demand in about two or three hours. I'll post that. You need to hear this conversation, ladies and gentlemen. COVID-19 is a massive wake-up call. And we need to look at our health care and take control of our health care. McClain talks about the turn of the soul. To healthcare with integrative medicine, and this has been just fabulous conversation. Now Dr. McLean, you you mentioned earlier in in the discussion here, allopathic medicine. Would you explain that in, in lay people's term um, for the audience? What what is that?
2: Well, it's the conventional Western medicine that we all grew up with, where we wait until we have symptoms, we wait until we have a problem or an accident or an injury. And that's when we ask for help, when we seek help. And we usually will get that in a form of a medication or a procedure or a diagnostic testing or even a surgery. Those are our options. Um, and I, I have a great deal of respect for allopathic medicine. I grew up in a home with physician, doctor, and a mother nurse. And so I grew up... <laughs> with better living through chemistry. I mean, when I went to nursing school, I had a shoebox of drugs. And back then, if I'd known that I could sell them, I probably would have, but no, I wouldn't have. But I gave them away. I gave them to all my nurses that were in the dorm if they needed them. And I had something for everything. So I'm surprised that I did not get hooked on something in my younger years. But, you know, when we need them, medications can save our lives. When we need a procedure... Not only can our can it save our lives, but it can bring back our quality of life. I've had cataract surgery, and that was like a miracle to me. My sight was going away slowly, so I didn't realize how dramatic it was until after the surgery. And all of a sudden, the world came back. Everything was clear, and you know, and we take stuff like that for granted. You know, cataract surgery seems like such a you know, it's a common thing, but it's a miracle. I went into Walmart a couple of days after my surgery, and I could see the colors, and I had depth perception, and I was standing there going, oh, wow, this is beautiful. You know, it was like being in a third world market, you know, with all the colors. So, you know, to me, and, you know, some of the procedures, you know, people with with uh, knee replacements or hip replacements feel like they they got their lives back, and they can start exercising again. Unfortunately, they probably could have prevented some of those things if they had practiced better lifestyle health. But, you know, they've gotten to where they were, and so the allopathic medicine really can be a miracle. You know, some of the heart procedures that are done, the organ transplants. I mean, you know, we do amazing kinds of work and a lot of life, life-saving and life-enhancing treatment. So, you know, I totally value it. And I use it, as, you know, as appropriately for my, you know, if I need it, then I will certainly not hesitate to go to my nurse practitioner. And, and she so will doc- work hand-in-hand with me with it.
1: The doctor McLean, why, why do you say allopathic medicine fixes the injury or the disease and the natural medicine heals the patient? Elaborate on that.
2: Well, again, the natural medicine—it's it's the different stages that we go through, and the natural medicine helps us helps us with the prevention. We all probably need to pay attention to our lifestyle. I I am having to pay more attention to my lifestyle right now in quarantine than usual, because usually my focus is on other patients, and right now I'm I'm really being forced to pay attention to my own self-care, also being uh, 75, I'm in that age range where I'm supposed to be careful, right? So mm-hmm. that, that preventive aspect is so important in keeping our immune system strong right now. Um, so, you know, and in mild uh, the mild stages of the condition where we are not in a life-threatening situation There is so much we can do. There's so much we can be doing right now, you know, to keep our immune systems strong, uh, you know, whether we have symptoms or not, uh, you know, just to either, uh, you know, keep from getting them or to treat them and keep them mild rather than becoming more severe. And then, as I said, the recovery stage is extremely important because some people are relapsing from this COVID. So, you know, what... What I've been doing to prevent, uh, I've been taking a lot of vitamin C, which I kind of usually do anyway, vitamin D3, and if you take a lot of D3, take the K2 with it. Zinc is also extremely important. Magnesium and selenium also help, you know, keep the immune system strong. Uh, if we do start getting some kind of symptoms, oregano is really good to have, even the uh, an essential oil, or you know, take it by mouth. L-lysine is another antiviral amino acid. The Black elderberry, uh, echinacea, golden seal, olive leaf. There's also a home- homeopathic called oxalococcinum. And then mm-hmm. I I diffuse essential oils all the time, and I also have a nebulizer that I'm using uh, for essential oils too. And also, believe it or not, hydrogen peroxide, oh, and melatonin. That also is not only helping us sleep, and we need our rest, and we need to be getting a lot of sleep. It also seems to enhance the immune system and maybe have an antiviral effect, people are thinking.
1: And those are all natural substances?
2: Yes, yes, they all are. Uh, And I have them on my webpage if anybody wants to, Look at more detail. Can I give my webpage so people sure, can look it up? Absolutely. It's on my blog. It's called com, And I have a special blog for COVID. So I have two different blogs one is for general health, and one is, you know, for what's going on with us right now. And I post on it regularly.
1: Oh, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not get that, send me a complaint. I have gone to it and read. It's it's excellent. It's excellent. Now, Dr. McQueen, we mentioned earlier. I had mentioned earlier that my, my brother, my youngest brother, was paralyzed in a car accident 34 years ago, and that he went through years and years and years of just medicate medication and train. And, and he, he kept getting worse. And finally, you had mentioned this, where where doctors are starting to collaborate, a whole uh, homeopathic doctors and and MD doctors, and he finally found one a medical doctor, and uh, after 20-some years uh, post-injury, the doctor said to him, you know, Steve, you you know what you need more than I know what you need. So tell me what you need, and we'll figure this out. And he made arrangements to get an acupuncturist and and, uh, meditation and massage and diet change. And my brother is healthier now than he has ever been. Uh, He's still paralyzed, but as far as post-injury uh, this is the best he's ever felt and looked, so I appreciate the fact that people in your profession and the medical profession are now starting to collaborate more.
2: Yes, I, I love, I absolutely love that story, and it's so heartening to hear uh, that open-minded doctor. And I am, I'm seeing more and more of them. Some of them are dropping out of the system because they don't want to be dependent on insurance and they're practicing what they call concierge medicine where, you know, a patient will pay a certain fee a year and they have 24-7 access to that doctor, which is what all the doctors used to do when I was growing up. That was how my dad practiced. Patients had our home phone numbers and they, um You know, the doctors knew the whole families, and that's kind of what we're coming back to, but it's not going through the insurance companies, which is a shame. You know, I think that's a lose-lose, and I think we need a win-win.
1: And maybe coming out of this, we'll find that. Now, you mentioned, Dr. McLean, you mentioned a great (laughs) deal. I I think we will, too. (laughs) You mentioned a great deal in your book and in even our conversation here about stress. How does stress make
2: us ill? Well, stress, the body has a wonderful self-regulatory uh, mechanism. We have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system gets us through our stresses, through our crises. Um, that's when the adrenals kick in and they get the body going, you know, that whole fight-or-flight kind of mechanism that actually was meant to be a survival mechanism and still is, except that if we live that way, it becomes chronic and we deplete our resources by staying in that mode. The parasympathetic nervous system is the vegetative uh, regulatory system where we can actually regenerate and rejuvenate our organs and our endocrine glands, all of our systems. That's what the body does when it's in its rest phase. So we can actually, you know, bring ourselves back into balance, and that's actually what acupuncture helps do to all the natural modalities, chiropractic as well, bringing the body back into that parasympathetic mode where it can regenerate itself, rejuvenate itself. If we stay with our foot on the accelerator, like I said, we kind of burn out, you know, our mechanisms, and we don't allow our bodies to go back into its regenerative mode, and that's when we start breaking down. That affects our immune systems. It affects our digestion. A lot of our immune system, you know, as we know, is in our gut now. We're realizing that more and more. So all the body parts, you know, the adrenals too, and we can't detoxify. Our bodies aren't able to detoxify properly like they would, you know, in our normal resting state, including the brain. The brain detoxifies, so we certainly need uh, our sleep to allow that to happen. All of those systems, you know, get uh, set back, and they can't do their job, and that's when we are more susceptible. I mentioned earlier that I think viruses are opportunistic, and it to me it's like, you know, they're seeds that blow in the wind, and they're going to land on some soils that will nurture them, and they can mm-hmm. grow. You know, they have water and they have the fertile soil, and then there are other ones that are going to land in, you know, an area that's not so... Uh, accepting, and they
0: die, right? I think viruses are like that. Exactly. You know,
2: if they land in a a body that's going to harbor them, yes, then they're going to take off, right? And they
1: continue. Well, we're just about out of time, Dr. McClain. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fabulous conversation with Dr. Bonnie McClain, and I will post it on demand here as soon as it's available. So, Dr. McClain, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. And thank you ladies so
2: much.
1: It's an honor, Frank. It, thank you, now, ladies and gentlemen. No matter what life throws at you, I want you to do three things: look up, get up, never ever give up. As I mentioned, if you miss any of this show, uh, it will be on demand, and you can hear it any at any number of places, including iHeartRadio, Alexa, and Google, which recently picked up the show. I say this every week at the end of the show. None of us are in this alone, ladies and gentlemen. The secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. And today, Dr. McLean showed you where a lot of those rocks are. Join me again next week as we discuss another life-altering event.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The good kind.